1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is green and gold history. 50 plus years of stories, championships, and colorful characters. the world champion baseball. This is Green and Gold History.
0: Time now for a very, very special edition of Green and Gold History. It will be our last interview with Steve Vucinich as an Oakland A's employee. The longest tenured employee in Oakland A's history. This is gonna be special. Well, Vuce, I gotta tell you, our last installment of a, a, a history segment that I don't know if there's too many people in Major League Baseball that can tell the history of an organization the way you can. And forget just baseball. We could talk NFL. We could talk NBA, NHL. I mean, your life with this organization has been your entire adult life, something that you don't see that often. I mean, unbelievable.
2: I've been lucky. uh, I like to say I know where the bodies are buried, and that's why I stayed so long, but I uh, never thought this job would evolve, evolve into this many years. Um, I started as a bat boy, just an assistant. I ran a visiting clubhouse for 20 years and been on the home side now for 28. And uh, I would uh, never look back and say I regret anything. I always said I'd wait till the bad outweighs the good and it hasn't even come close. But it's just time to move on. And the history I have with the A's, I mean, Lasord always said he blood blue, I bleed green and uh, a lot of people understand that, and it's been fun. It's been a great run. Uh, The accolades I've got I'm not sure sure I deserve, but uh, I appreciate them all.
0: Yeah, you know, and, and you think about the way that you're going out on your terms. Not everybody gets to say that, and, you know, usually it would be after an end of the season you're actually able to do that leaving after spring training you make your home here down down in the valley of the sun it's like okay one more spring training and and I'm out of here so you I think you got to be happy that it just kind of gone the way you wanted it to go
2: well you're right and and the club said I could have worked as long as I wanted to if you want to retire in June or July I didn't want to do that. I wanted to stay through the spring help the guys that are replacing me. Um, I got in a habit of well I was the only guy way back in the 70s to place bad orders, to do this, to do that. And so I took it all on myself, and it was automatic. But now all of a sudden you throw three other guys in there that had never done it before. So it was a teaching process, an educational thing, where they had to learn certain software. And I wanted to stay on to help them. And, and I'm glad I'm here now, especially with the convoluted shortened spring training and opening on the road. Uh, I, was, I was able to lend them a good hand and expertise about uniform ordering, things like that.
0: How am I going to get my hats?
2: Just call Matt. <laughs> call Matt for hats.
0: <laughs> I mean, you're the guy who got me all my hats. <laughs> I mean, all the St. Paddy's Day hats, which were my favorite. We'll talk about the guys who are replacing you because, obviously, you want to know when you're big time is when it takes multiple people to replace you.
2: Well, I like to think that, uh, that it's going to be an improvement because they can do each of the individual jobs a little bit better. <clears throat> than I did. And it's not that I didn't do good. It's just that game is involved so much, especially with uh, uniform components. There's 35 bat companies now. Every, there's three different bat woods. I and mean, it's ash, maple, and birch. Although somebody tried to come up with bamboo bats the other day, or the other, a few years back. That didn't fly. But there's so much more involved now. And, you know, you've got the humidors for baseballs, and it can only be rubbed up at a certain time before a game. You have to have 200 dozen in the humidors. You know, did you see a lot of space around the Coliseum Clubhouse where we could build a humidor? No. We had to put it out For in For your center.
0: cigars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: That's just a small amount. It's about the size of two dozen baseballs. But uh, our humidors is out in center field. That's where we had to put it. So everybody's our ball guys, Mikey and them, that take care of the balls have got to run out there every day uh, to get balls and, and rub them up. Um, but... Uh, the job is is being delegated, and, and each guy is taking on uh, more and then more appreciation for my job, but also they they like the challenge too.
0: All right, I know what a humidor looks like for cigars. What does a humidor look like for baseballs?
2: You know, I've only seen one. We had an exhibition game weekend in vegas a couple of years ago and they had a humidor outside their clubhouse so i asked stevie dwyer their equipment manager i says what's it look like inside we just got racks and stuff i says open it up i open it up and there's two boxes of cigars in
0: there <laughs> was there any baseballs no, no
2: baseballs were there. they hadn't got their they hadn't got their regular season shipment yet it was march
0: you think about eras, and you saw every era of Oakland A's baseball. And, of course, we're we're going to get you to write that famous book because it's going to be an incredible book. Um, what was your favorite era? Can you say now?
2: You know what? It's tough to pick one over the other. I mean, you, you got to appreciate winning three World Series in a row and uh, doing it with a cheap payroll. Uh, Charlie Finley didn't spend any money. Um but uh, to win three years is, is uh, I mean, nowadays it's be even tougher because there's more playoff games and sets. But, uh, I don't know, I had fun with the, those 80s teams with the Steinbeck and Maguires, Good Goodsakos, Mike Moore, Dave Stewart. And uh, I, th- I think that was my favorite era, that we had that run of 88 to 92. We won four divisions and th- went to the World Series three times.
0: Well, and then I think that you've seen such a change in the game. I mean, from, you know, the business of the game, the equipment of the game, the, the players, when you, when you think about evolution and change, what's the thing that amazes you the most now where you go, wow, I can't believe it went to that.
2: I think the condition of the players, I mean, they're better conditioned. They know, they know nutrition. They know how to work out. Um, Back in the 60s, 70s, guys had to take on uh, part-time jobs and survive. Well, the money's got so good in baseball, even if you only have a half year in the big leagues, your rookie year, you've made enough money to save money, and you don't have to work during the offseason. So I think the condition of the players, I think they're better athletes this day, these days. I mean, you can't compare it to a Hank Aaron or a Willie Mays, but overall, guys used to come to spring training to get in shape. Now they're in shape all year. So I think that's one of the big changes. And uniforms have changed. Equipment has changed. Uh, Gloves haven't changed that much, except maybe a little improvement of softer leather or whatever, easier to break in. But uh, the bats, it was all ash for years and years, and maple came on and birch came on. So that was a big change in the game.
0: So how much has players' needs changed over the years? Well,
2: you know what, we had... uh, Everybody wore black shoes except for the Oakland A's, and they were white shoes, and they were kangaroo leather. and Charlie had to buy them. There was no Adidas, there was no Nike, New Balance, Under Armour, where players had contracts. Nobody had contracts, so they had to buy their own shoes. I remember some guys had Indian Head brand spikes, and that was a Montgomery Ward special. <laughs> Montgomery Ward. If you wow. remember Montgomery Ward. Yes, I do. So, um, so uh, the white shoes were made out of kangaroo leather. And we had to guard those like Hawks. I mean, guys got one or two pairs a year. Nowadays, Nike will send in eight pairs for opening day for a player. And it'll be rubber. There'll be running shoes. There'll be a turf shoe, and there'll be three or four pairs of spikes. You have low top, high top. you got a softer leather, a harder leather. Then you're talking about toe plates for pitchers. Um, that's been a big change.
0: So when a guy has like, you know, let's say a player has – contracts right he's got a glove contract he's got a cleat contract he's got whatever contract you have to especially for that player you have to deal with his stuff do they coordinate with you through him or does he go through you to that how does that work
2: you know it used to be the companies would uh deal with the agents the player would say call his agent and they'd depend on the agent making a call and and then uh, a lot of times some of these sporting goods companies or shoe companies wouldn't answer a call for an agent just thinking that he's he's calling to try to get a new contract for a different player. So they've all worked it out, like Nike and a couple other companies. We can go on the website, on that player's website, not so much a website, but a a link for that player and just order and get it in a day or two. And so that makes it a lot easier. Um, Bats, I mean, things are so much through email, and email's so easy. Before email, I would do a fax. From the West Coast to the bat companies, Louisville was obviously out of Louisville. And so they would have the faxed order when they got to the office the next morning. I didn't have to get up at 6 o'clock to call them at 9 o'clock their time to get the order going. But then email makes it even easier. So uh, um, if it's a company that doesn't have a website set up where we can get the player the shoes or batting gloves, uh, a, a simple email makes it so much easier.
0: Now, I, I, I have a feeling there's some of my younger audience that, that goes, what's a fax? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I started off early enough in radio. We used to have the facts of the day, if you remember back. Sure. Uh, way back when. You, you know, when you think about players and your favorite players of all time, they don't necessarily have to be star players. They don't have to be the best players, but I'm sure there's certain guys that have kept in touch uh, guys that you have such fond memories of. Uh, what do you think, Bagman, think about the, the, the guys that you truly loved being around?
2: Well, I, I tell everybody, and unfortunately he's passed, but Catfish Hunter was my all-time favorite player. And I'm repeating that with every almost every interview I do. <clears throat> but guys like Joe Rudy, just a wonderful human being. Um, Dewey Dwight Evans from the Boston Red Sox, great guy, favorite guy. Dennis Eckersley, superstar reliever. I've known him since he was a kid in Fremont, California, and we converse all the time. So there are guys out there you talk to all the time. I play golf with Sal Bando. Um, so I've got a lot of favorites, and you have to go by errors. Je- Jason Giambi is one of my all-time favorite players. If I was to make an all-boost team, 10 guys, he'd be on it.
0: That would be, you know, that that that's going to be a chapter in the book. Could the, all, be. the all the all A's voos team.
2: And maybe there's an all uh, anti-Vuce team, well, too. You know, you, know? That's <laughs> what,
0: you know that's what people really want. They want the real dirt, and you can't do it yet because you're still on the clock and you're still paid by the A's. But, yeah, I how how often do people say, come on, give, give, give me the guy who is the worst. Give me your worst guy.
2: All the time. Yeah. They are always asking.
0: And you just can't. No, you don't
2: want to. You don't want to upset somebody. I mean, uh one of the players i had a lot of difficulty with and he everywhere he went they won when he left and this guy couldn't <laughs> this 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 guy couldn't figure it out and and we claimed him off waivers i about got sick at dinner when i because i had just been with one of the his former equipment managers who was giving me horror stories about this guy and, and uh it was it was brutal, and all of a sudden we acquired him. And before he even got to us, he upset four people in the organization the GM, the traveling secretary, myself, and a PR guy. And he hadn't even got to us yet. So this guy was a dandy. And one time he had asked me, uh, we were in Anaheim after a Sunday day game, flying home to Oakland. He says, Hey, can you have me, one of you guys, go over to San Francisco at this restaurant, get me a special dinner? I'll order it, and have him bring it to me on the plane when we land in Oakland. I said, No, I'm not doing it. That. That's that's over and above. And that was Danny Valencia.
0: Are you serious? So
2: yeah, so as soon as he left we won. He did the same thing in Minnesota, in Baltimore, in Kansas City, in Toronto. Go check the records. Yeah. And they used to tease him because he came up with the Twins and this old guy that worked there for years and years would come over and visit Danny when we're in town and just to get on Danny. He says, you know, every team wins as soon as you lose. So this team will win next year on Big Money. And we
0: did. <laughs> I, you know, you, you think about your relationship with Billy Bean. I mean, you, you actually have an appearance in the movie Moneyball. Um, smoking the cigar. Uh, he, he, I mean, you've known Billy since he was a kid. I mean, what, what is, what's that relationship been like all these years as he was a player, then all of a sudden he's running the organization?
2: Well, I had him as a player in both Minnesota and, and Detroit before we acquired him as a player. So I knew Billy well. I got him some concert tickets. I can't remember who the concert was over at the arena when they were in for a Saturday afternoon game. But we've had a special relationship, and when he came to us as a player, In uh, 89, um, you know, it was more than just any player coming. We were friends already. And to see him evolve into not playing the next year, or he tried to become a catcher and uh, just figured it would prolong his career. And then seeing him the next year evolve into an advanced scout, uh, he would advance for us. We had two at the time. And uh, to see him play that role and, and evolve into an assistant general manager, working for a pretty good one himself, Sandy Alderson, and uh, then taking over when Sandy left. And he was smart enough to get surround himself with other smart people. And that's what good CEOs and good uh, owners do.
0: No doubt. And it kind of revitalized because where the A's were at that time was in a really bad – I mean, this is kind of like when I first started my career. And it was – you know where they were going to go, and then of course the book the book didn't tell the whole story because of the pitching and some of the great position players that that they left out. But it did was a time where something had to happen special to, to get the organization back on track.
2: Right, and um, you know he he's credited with with the uh, on base percentage statistic to look at stuff. That was really a lot of that was started by Sandy beforehand, but the movie didn't play it right. There were a lot of things i mean we don't have scouts get together to try to fix the rosters as the season's over that's a billy and a dave force or paul de Bodesta at the time kind of job the scouts don't do it so you know they had to gussy it up a little bit which i got in trouble from sony pictures for that i said that to a reporter from san jose and they said oh you've seen the movie i said yeah we had a special screening the other day in Berkeley. So what do you think about it? I said, well, they gussied it up a little bit. So we got in a paper. Next thing you know, I got a threatening letter from Sony. He said, you signed this disclosure when you went in to see this movie. And if you just say that again, we're going to come after you. It's like, okay, sorry. <laughs> All I said was, you gussied it up. I didn't say what parts, Yeah, but you know, they changed that. And and in that movie, the, the scene with Billy going into, into the batting cage with Dave Justice and saying the Yankees are paying you more and we're paying you. That didn't happen. There are a lot of things, but it, It 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 moved the movie on a little bit, so
0: That's Hollywood. Exactly right. You you gotta make a movie, right? Exactly right. You know, in your office is the office cleared out in Oakland? Yes. Wow.
2: Took me about six months to do that, about four different trips back to Oakland (laughs) during
0: the winter. The one picture I mean, you got the picture, you got Joe DiMaggio, then you got Colonel Sanders from Kentucky Fried Chicken. What are you going to do? I mean, it's it's like your office was a museum.
2: My wife said that we should build another room. I don't want to do that. Um, I don't know where I'm going to put all the stuff. I'm going to store some of it here. I've got a storage unit in, in uh, Castro Valley, and I've got a storage unit by my house, which really only has Christmas decorations in it. But i got to find a place for some of the stuff. And, and, uh, I've already donated a bunch to different uh, um, foundations, and, and uh, I just—it's it, tough to figure out because not only what you saw on the wall, there's a lot of other stuff in boxes in the back room, or in my desk, or in the file cabinet. So it's—it's um, it's tough to figure out. I've, like I said, I gave a lot of stuff away. I, I gave most of it to the Ace Community Fund, so they could do what they want and, and raise money for charity.
0: Yeah, because I—I I think about whenever like you move. And you have all this stuff that you thought you cared about, and then you got to move it, and then you got to deal with it, and you realize, do I really care about all this stuff?
2: You get rid of stuff sometimes is if you if you've got to move it, you don't want to keep it.
0: Yeah, I, I I've noticed that now uh, now a couple times. So life after baseball. I mean, this has been your entire life. Where do we go from here?
2: Well, I'm still a fan of the game. A lot of guys said they walk away. And, you know, the last game they work is the last game they watch. That's not me. I, I grew up loving. Baseball, watching the Giants play before the A's came to Oakland. Uh, I'll still be watching a lot of our games on TV, any, any chance I can. But uh, I'm going to tune up my golf game a little bit. It's kind of gotten, falling, up, I won't say falling apart, but it's, it's falling back. And uh, do that, I've got a trip to Alaska in July. I've got to go to a couple in-season weddings or relatives I normally wouldn't be able to go to if I was still working in the game. Uh, i've got a lot of little trips i don't you know i've not i've never been to the grand canyon i have not been to yosemite so you know uh, i love to go to places i haven't done i don't mind getting in the car and just driving
0: yeah you know i mean you gotta think about it. your summers have been oc- occupied other than an all-star break i mean now you can actually have summer vacations
2: sure that's right just like it was when you were a kid so uh, my wife and i get in the car daughter just relocated down here so she can watch our dog and uh (laughs) and we can take off if we want to go i mean i'm gonna go to san diego at least once or twice during the summer Uh, being here in the covid 2020 when we didn't do anything until july and this is the hottest may and june ever on record in in arizona i mean there was 20 days over 110 in june i found out that like Buffalo, if it's cold, you don't go outside. Well, if it's hot, you don't go outside that much. But when it doesn't cool off at night, it really gets to you. So that's why so many people leave here go to San Diego, go up to the mountains, go to Colorado, wherever. Uh, those that can afford to and maybe not work and mostly retired. I want to be one of those.
0: Yeah, good for you. You know, I think about the emotions of, of leaving the job. And, you know, it's a kind of little insight. You know, yesterday I was uh, with Bob Melvin over – in his manager's office there in San Diego, and there was a letter there on the desk from you. It um, was very emotional for Bob. I'm sure it was very emotional for you to write it. Absolutely. Um, just what has that been like? I mean, it's a, a lot of goodbyes to people that they're just not people you worked with. I mean, there's there's the relationships. Uh, I mean, you're with these people every day. You're traveling the country with these people. We know how close you are with Mickey Morbido. Uh, think about Bob Melvin. You think about, you know, you you're just having dinner with Tony La Russa and Walt Jockety and these guys that you've been around. I mean, there's a lot of goodbyes to people you love.
2: Yep, absolutely. That's that's the tough part of leaving. I don't miss the hours. People say, did travel get to you? I said, no. we got charter planes. i got a first-class seat next to me that's always empty. Um, we get off the plane. We get on a bus. We go to the hotel. Our luggage shows up there. We don't go through any terminals or, uh except for Toronto because of customs and immigration. That's the only terminal we go through. And travel was easy. I caught up on my sleep. I caught up on my paperwork while we're on the road. It's when we're home and I wake up and I get up at 8 o'clock in the morning after a night game and the next thing I'm thinking about, well, let me just have coffee, grab a bite to eat and run to the ballpark. And I'm there by 9.30 or 10 and I'm back home at midnight. It's just the hours got to me. I just And even here in Spring training at this time of year, I mean, I, you get up real early and you get to the ballpark real early. I remember spring training when I first started coming down here full time. I mean, nobody showed up to the ballpark until late 8:30. Now we got breakfast being served at 6:30, so that's been a big change. And but that adds hours, and it's just yeah, getting tired of it. i, I I'm, you know I'm never I mean I feel fine physically. That's why I want to do things while I still can. Uh, but the hours is what got to me more than anything. And you know what uh, the job entails so much more, and that's why we've broken it down to three different uh, positions. So.
0: Yeah, you know, the, the the game changes. But I think the thing for us and you is the fact that, uh, you know, you're not going away, which I think is going to be so important as, you know, everybody wants to call themselves a historian. Everybody wants to, you know, everybody wants to be part of an organization. But it truly has been your life. And you truly are just by nature of working your entire adult life for the Oakland A's that you are a historian. I, I have a feeling that we're not losing you. You're going to now have a different chapter in your life, but you're still going to, but we're still going to have you around.
2: Well, the moniker calling me a historian that in three bucks, will get you a cup of coffee at Scott at uh, Starbucks.
0: Won't even give me a coffee, <laughs> cup of coffee here for God's sake.
2: <laughs> it's free in the clubhouse. Anyway. Uh, yeah, it, it's even say before my adult life. Cause I started when I was 15, but, um, uh, uh I'm going to miss all those things, the people, the relationships, but I'm going to be around. And, you know, RPR people know, writers know, they'll call me about a specific incident that they can't find on the internet, being a, a wealth of information for so many different things. But they say, Do you remember this happening? And I love com- them coming to me, asking me those questions, and I'm sure that'll continue. I'm not going to shut anybody off. Uh, I'm going to be around. I'm going to be in the stands opening day and giving a standing ovation to all my guys. So so I'm going to be around.
0: We're going to miss you. Hey, can we now play golf and I can buy you dinner?
2: Absolutely. You know, I'm going to a fixed income. I need those.
0: Yeah, that, that MLB retirement is going to be tough, huh? <laughs> well, yes. we love you. All right. Thank you. And I love
2: being Parts of all this and helping you guys out anytime I
0: can. I mean, you've been uh, you've been so good to me, you know, and I can't. I don't want to get too emotional, but you've been so good to me, and thank you. No, I, my, I, I really my pleasure. I,
2: I, I always want to say, you know, I, my moniker for a while was, um, and I'm an ordinary person given an extraordinary opportunity, but my what I've added to that is when I walk away, I want, somebody to sit, want everybody to say, there goes a good guy.
0: I'm going to miss our times in Japan, too. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. All right, that buddy. Was, you be well.
2: Thank you. i always enjoyed it anytime.
1: This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.